0: So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launcher online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer.
0: Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective.
2: Hello, happy, it's Wednesday, happy Wednesday afternoon, it is 33 years since the day that Fish sold out the Paradise Theater in Boston, Massachusetts, an absolutely amazing, monumental experience that we're not going to talk about today, but if you (laughs) want to hear about it, you should go to Undermine Season 1, Episode 8, titled Paradise Found, where R.J.B., some of our close friends break it down it's an excellent episode it's a great great holiday in fish history we do have a great episode here lined up for you on hf pod live my name is brian i'm here with rj and megan how are you guys doing here today
0: i'm
3: great
2: yeah we're both great You guys good we're both great we're both great Everyone having a good first month of um 2022. Did you get that? It's been long on long month. Yeah, it's been one long yeah. month.
0: I think it's pretty. I think it's been a pretty great month. I'm I'm happy with the progress so far.
2: Good, good. It's been uh yeah, it's been a good month. It's good to be winding down the first month of the year, starting to look towards hopefully concert announcements on the uh, in the near future. Next month we get some fish, some live fish. RJ, you will be seeing live fish uh in the next month. Are you feeling good about that?
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we're trying to figure out are we supposed to like try to avoid COVID or get it so that we don't get it right <laughs> before we leave? And it's it's all v- very confusing. But as a public health matter, I just I don't think we should try to get anything. Brian, is that true?
2: I would not encourage you to try to get it, but I would say if you do get it, uh speaking from potentially personal experience, um, <laughs> load your quarantine room with as many good books as you want to read uh dive in to those television shows that people have been telling you to watch for years but you just never had time for see if it's worth it uh watch a bunch of music documentaries and plan it around perhaps the greatest weekend of um, playoff football history as someone who's not a football fan it was uh i, I might actually become a football fan after this weekend i don't know it's kind of crazy <laughs> God,
3: quarantine sounds amazing.
2: Yeah, it really does. No, it's amazing. <laughs> it sounds. We are not so here advocating good. for quarantine. We are not <laughs> here advocating for quarantine. We are simply just saying that there are ways to make the best of difficult situations. I would not. Well, I would say just go to Mexico and just like walk into the ocean, and you should be completely cleansed of any any virus going forward.
0: All right, that's the plan. Thank you, Brian.
2: That's the plan. Um, we have, like I said, an excellent, excellent, excellent episode here today. Um, our good friends, Dr. Leah Taylor and uh, Tara Lee Weathers from the Groove Therapy podcast on Osiris Media are going to be joining us here in a couple of minutes. We've seen a really cool planned out. We want to tell you all a lot about their podcast. It's a really fantastic podcast here. At Osiris, that uh, we want to highlight. They do some incredible conversations around um, wellness and health, and really around the live music experience and how essential the live music experience is to our well being. And I'm so, so excited to talk with them about it. They're also massive fish fans, and we've done something really cool here. We talk a lot about current and past fish. From a historical standpoint, from a, this jam was so great. This run was really important. This bust out was the biggest bust out ever. But oftentimes we don't share our emotions and we don't share what actually it felt like to be at a fish show, what we went through on a personal level. And we're going to do that here with them today. Um, And we're going to kind of talk through what experiences that we all had at really impactful fish shows in our past, what they all kind of meant on a larger level. Um, Before we do that, though, we have a tiny bit of business. Megan, can you tell us a bit about our sponsor here today?
3: Yes, Brian, I can. We want to tell you all about our good friends at Sunset Lake CBD. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer owned business that ships CBD products directly from their farm to your door. So for years, Sunset Lake was a Vermont dairy farm, and they produced milk for Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And in 2018, they diversified and started growing hemp for CBD. They've got a product for everyone. They offer pre-rolls, hemp cigars, hemp flowers, as well as tinctures, gummies, and CBD coffee, all crafted to help with stress, aches, and pains. Sunset Lake CBD actually saves you money because they ship their high-quality CBD products directly from their farm to your door. So visit sunsetlakecbd.com and use promo code HFPOD and you get 20% off your purchase. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and the promo code is HFPOD.
2: I will be visiting that right when we finish recording here.
0: I just want to, I just want to add that you've heard us talk about it before, but sunset lakes products are amazing. And I got to talk to a couple of their team members last week. We were talking about just what they're up to this year and it's an incredible operation they have and um just really really good stuff and I take their the C B D gummies um almost every day and so you guys should check them out.
2: Agree wholeheartedly, they are fantastic. Why don't we bring on Leah and Tara Lee? How does that sound?
3: Sounds great. Oh, very good. Right.
2: From Backstage, Dr. <laughs> Leah Taylor and Tara Lee Weathers. How are you how are you both doing here today?
4: Hey, we're doing well. Well, I am. I
1: don't want to (laughs) talk for (laughs) that. I am also doing well. Yes, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having us.
2: Absolutely. Welcome welcome to HF Pod Live. We're so excited to be talking with both of you. Um, The two of you since mid to late, I think we said fall 2020, late for early fall 2020, um, started the Groove Therapy mm-hmm. podcast. Um, so we are going on just, just shy of a year and a half here at Osiris Media. It's a really excellent show. Um, I wanted to, before we kind of jump into the larger conversation, Lee, I'll throw it to you. Can you tell us a bit about your background and um, kind of how the podcast all started uh, from your end? And then Tara Lee, will will open it up to you as well.
1: Sure. Yes. So, I have a background in mental health. I have a master's in somatic psychology. I got my PhD in mind-body medicine. And I am really interested in helping people to heal but also elevating their well-being as well. And I am a huge live music fan. I started seeing fish in 1998. And so was doing that for my own health and well-being for a really long time and was just really curious, like looking around and like, here's this experience that so many people are drawn to because it gives them so much. And here I am as a practitioner and, you know, wanting to really help people. And I see live music as being this intervention that can affect thousands of people at once and, you know, is already happening. So, How can we capitalize on something that people already find fun and are already doing and they're receiving benefit from? And so I decided to focus my doctoral dissertation on the experience of live music and how it relates to well-being and learned a lot from that, um, got a lot of really great research from that. And so... I wanted to spread this word and put it out into the world and um, wanted to shoot for the top. So I was like, I really want to have a podcast on Osiris. And I reached out to Dawn Jenkins from Female Centrics, and um, she kind of helped put me in touch with Tara Lee and helped put me in touch with some of you guys. And so that's kind of how, how I got to be here.
2: That's awesome. I love uh like the friendship and partnership through podcasting that, that comes about that. I, I I can relate to that immensely. Um Terry, how about you? What's what's your background?
4: We still have never met each other in real life, which is so crazy.
2: Oh, that's awesome. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the world might just spontaneously combust into a pile of dirt, sand, and glitter when that happens. <laughs>
2: um,
4: but yeah, so um I started. I went to Arizona State and I was a dance major there. So I was like always into dance. I majored in dance studies and choreography. Um, So after graduation, I actually became a professional cheerleader and dancer for the NBA. And I had a career ending injury. I tore my ACL on the court, on the jumbotron in front of like 20,000 people at a Nets-Knicks game. And I had to crawl off the court. (laughs) It was like almost cheerleader roadkill. And that was the day I was like, my world kind of ended because I was terribly the dancer and I couldn't dance anymore for like a year um, because I had injured myself so badly. And I also was the oldest person on the team by five years. So I kind of had to like figure out what there was to do next. So I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and totally fell in love with the holistic aspect of nutrition and how like live music is actually just as an important food group for me as actual food on my plate. And so I was really interested in that. And I was at a conference in uh, Miami. The Langarado Festival was happening. And so I went to that and one of my friends dosed me and I was really out of my mind. And I ended up somehow backstage at the Disco Biscuits. And I was talking to Jonathan Schwartz. And I was like, I'm a hippie. I'm a healthy hippie. Here's my healthy tip of the day. And my first one was don't let your friends dose you. And then he like put his hands on my shoulders and was like, this is something like, remember this when you get home, this is something. So every day I sent him a healthy hippie tip, and he started announcing them on the air. And then he told me I should get a website and do something. So I did. And then I started a magazine called The Healthy Hippie, which was linking health and wellness to the live music experience. And it kind of all blossomed from there. I decided, you know, there were so many parts of a magazine that I wasn't interested in doing, like gathering the ads and passing out 10,000 magazines. So I was like, well, what do I love about this? And I loved talking to musicians. Um, I loved talking to fans about that, like holistic aspect of live music. And so I've just been at it since then, doing lots of things. And so when um, Ashley Dawn from Female Centrics came to one of the retreats that I was leading with musician Haley Jane, and we became really good friends, and she was talking about her podcast. And then I was like, you know, I want a podcast. And she's like, you should have a podcast. And then she kind of became my mentor and helped me to start it. But I have ADHD, and so I wasn't able to complete it. And then Osiris came to me and was like, hey, do you want to do a podcast with... Dr. Leah Taylor. And then like a month later, the podcast was a reality.
2: Man, that's pretty great. <laughs> that's amazing. That is amazing. Cool. So,
0: Congratulations guys on on keeping it going and it's not easy to do or, or keep, keep a podcast going. So you've done a great job. Congrats.
3: Yeah. It came at such a great time too. I remember when it came out and sending it to a friend and was like, this is so about what we've been missing and what we've been just like looking for in our lives again. It just like happened Mm. right when kind of live music was coming back. It was was really great to kind of recognize what we had missed while it was gone and think about how important it was to our lives. So I found it really relevant when it came out.
4: Yeah. I actually feel the same way because like I'm like all of you, like I'm not a researcher. I didn't do research on this. I was like, this is just how I'm feeling and live music is very important to me. And then Dr. Leah is like, well, here's why. And so it was like really validating to me.
2: Yeah, it was a really it's a really interesting time because, like, you know, on the one hand, you could imagine a show like this coming out when live music comes back and we're all like re-engaging with it. But there's something about like it being gone at that point in time. And it's something that's so central to people's minds. And it's something that, you know, your you're bringing this conversation about music and about live music and about health and wellness at a time when we're all missing it. And I think it almost reinforced for so many listeners, what is it? What, 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 how, how do I want to approach this when it ultimately does come back? And are there changes and are there ways from a perspective standpoint that I want to shift in terms of how I look at the live music experience? Because I know I remember feeling in 2020, wow, that's actually not a given, that I can do that. And, and suddenly this thing that I you know took for granted from time to time is just not a given that I will be able to experience this again. So um, I, I'm curious, kind of on that note, um, either, either one of you or both of you can speak to this. What is kind of the overall goal of the Groove Therapy podcast? And what have you gotten out of it over the last year and a half?
4: Yeah, Leah, do you want to go first?
1: Sure. Yeah, so for me, I... I love to help people think about their live music experience in a different way, like maybe a little bit deeper. You know, we all know that we love it. We all know that it's fun. But when we can kind of put language to the experience and begin to understand it on a little bit deeper level and how much impact it has in our life and in our health, then we actually value it more. And when we value it more, we can help other people value it more. And so I'm just such... I'm so passionate and such a proponent of like really highlighting this experience as the medicine that it is, because oftentimes it's just seen as like this recreational thing that you do for fun when you're young, or if you have some extra money. And there's so many people that I know that continue to do this throughout their life and it brings so much value to them. And so I just feel like that's kind of like, my mission in life is to like highlight this as the therapeutic experience that it is. And also to help people maybe even bring a little bit more therapeutic benefit into their experience if they're open and ready for that. And also, you know, on the other side, it's like, how can you take what you have experienced from these live music shows that you've been to and, and add benefit into your life right now? Um, and, Of course, that is what we were doing, all doing throughout the pandemic when we couldn't connect to live music in the same way as we were. And yet we were able, you know, and I talk about this a lot in the podcast, like my PhD in mind-body medicine, I know how the mind-body connection works. And it's like anything that we think about in our mind, especially if we really immerse ourselves back there, our body is responding to And so all of those chemical reactions that are happening with those positive emotions that we're feeling, it's all happening when we think about that experience again. And that was definitely the gift of having this podcast throughout the pandemic. It's like every time we had an interview with somebody and we were talking about this thing again, it just made me feel so good. And it was just like so helpful to help me get through those times that I wasn't able to go in person. Yeah.
4: yeah. I don't even know if I have anything more to add to it because that's like, exa- I'm glad that you answered first because you're so good with words and that's exactly what was in my head, but you had it make a lot more sense. Mm.
1: Thanks. We are definitely a good team. <laughs> Anybody who's <laughs> listened to the podcast can tell. Lee and I are different people, but we we have the same passions and it's funny like we we find out that we do kind of the same things like we'll both say yay at the end of an episode or <laughs> I was making some noise with my mouth the other day and Tara Lee's like I do that too <laughs> <So> <laughs> we have a lot of similarities but there are a lot of ways that we're different too so we're a great I partnership
3: I love, I love that it. the podcast has like brought you together and that you still haven't met in person that's so amazing <laughs>
4: I know we wanted to do something together for so long, and we just didn't know what that was. And now this has birth, and we have a lot of other like projects that are that are going to be coming forward that have come because of this podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
4: awesome.
2: One thing that really connects with me is you, you're talking about like having conversations around past live music experiences and what that does. You know, on an emotional level, I feel like that's going to be something that we're going to touch, ba- you know, uh, talk about here in a, in a little bit once we get into kind of our own individual show experiences. But um, I'm curious of the episodes that you've done thus far. Do you have any favorites or any favorite guests that like really just like, spoke to the larger goals of the show or kind of taught you something that was unexpected at that point in time?
4: Um, Like all of them, but
2: I
1: guess.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We don't need to single anybody out.
1: (laughs) I will say for me, like the Reed Mathis episode, I think was the first one that we did, and it was early on. What did we decide? It was number four, I think. Episode four.
4: Yeah, number Um, four.
1: Yeah, so we had Reed Mathis on first, and. Reed lives in the Bay Area, which is where I am. And so I'd seen him out and you know, I even had conversations with him. But the conversation that we had on that episode was like so powerful. And Reed is just so he's such a philosopher. He's so articulate. He's done a lot of education on his own. And the depth of that conversation was just pretty mind blowing to me. And it just like really was like, yes, this is exactly what I want to be doing. These are the things that I want to be talking about it's a two-parter because he had to go very quickly to go teach a bass lesson, which we weren't aware of. And so he we was like, oh, my God, I have to go. Um, yeah.
4: We were talking about time travel and he's like, I have to go. And then he just disappeared. <laughs> 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 it was amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah. But luckily, we were able to have him back like the next week to finish up the conversation. So it, that one's in two parts. Um, but I definitely recommend that one. Um also the the episode with Lebo Dan Lebowitz, who's also a Bay Area musician, I don't remember the number of that, but he talks about flow, and he has this shirt that's like just encapsulates the flow experience really well in just a couple of words, and we have definitely come back to that um episode many times talking to other people, so that's another one.
4: yeah. Those are – I was definitely going to say those two. I, like, reference both of those episodes all the time. Um, and another one that we did that was kind of recently is um, we did this three-part series that we recorded at Adirondack Music Festival and then also at Fish – It was it in Las Vegas? Mm-hmm. And yep. then also at Dick's too, Quit, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so we interviewed musicians, fans, crew. Um, there's a radio DJ and um, – we asked them three questions. So each episode is everybody answering this one question. And so I, I really liked the one that was, what does live music mean to you? And it was so interesting because almost everybody was like, it is like important to my survival. They're like, there's air, there's food, and there's live music. And that it's like, that was a common thread with all of those people. And I thought that was a really, really powerful episode. Um, mm-hmm. just to hear it. Cause you're just like, yes, like me too. <laughs> like that is, it is that important. Um, so I really loved that one. And then um, I loved Keller Williams when he was on and there's actually something that happened before um, the episode is that we were all, da- so we dance, we either dance or do a breathing exercise with our guests before we go live just to get people centered and there. And so we were dancing with Keller and we didn't record it or did we, did we
1: end up recording it? we did yeah but we i hadn't been before because
4: he asked he said are you recording Mm. this and we said no and he's like he made up all of a sudden this whole song on the spot about always be recording because you never know what you're gonna miss (laughs) and that has stuck with us and now we're always recording (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, so i loved that one um i also love the one with Vinny and al from mo because i'm a huge moron i went to the first Mo down. i've seen them over 100 times i went on mo cruise and um I learned so much about them and the community and the way that they like cultivate a, a community of fans and how they really just like care so much about their fan and how it's everybody is just like so supportive and loving of each other. And they did that really intentionally. Like they didn't, they didn't know what it was going to be, but they just cared so much and did that on purpose. And now like, the Mo community is so beautiful and they all support each other so much. So that one was, that one really stuck to me me. and I love the Deiches. We had the whole family on.
1: Yeah. Adam Deich and his mom and dad who are also drummers. It is kind of fun. I was a little like hesitant about having multiple interviewees. Terry Lee's like, yeah, let's invite the whole band and the whole family. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) we'll see how that goes. But that, that worked out really well. And I loved also having Marco and Katie Benevento. That was a super sweet episode because they were like just in their kitchen cooking food. And I think Marco had a tennis match that he needed to get to. And so Katie was cooking him food and then he kind of joined in. And it was just like super intimate to like be in their kitchen conversing about making time for fun, which is, you know, Marco's kind of motto. So that was fun, too.
2: a lot there for listeners to dive into that's great i love the the keller sidebar i i saw string cheese instant once in in 2002 and the, keller williams opened up and they played the end of the first set with his song best feeling which i've always loved that song and they finish the song part of it and they're just kind of jamming and I don't know if this was planned or whatnot, but Keller just comes out on stage and just starts dancing in front of the band. And he's just like going harder than anybody in the audience, which in turn, (laughs) the audience is like screaming and going as hard. Like now they're like responding to him. And then they ended up jamming for like 25 minutes after that. And it was all just built off of this moment. And that like kind of signified for me, the vibe that he, he always gives off, which is great. That's awesome. Um, curious like you you both went into this show with a lot of background knowledge and also experience as live music fans obviously we talked about like launching this in 2020 it's a unique but in some cases kind of like the perfect time for a show like yours to launch is there anything that you've learned about yourself or kind of anything new that you've learned about the live music experience and starting the show that you didn't consider before going in
4: Well, I think one thing is that, you know, Leah and I, like our life's work is connecting that, like the holistic aspect of live music. And, you know, I have a book, How to Maintain the Magic of Live Music in Your Everyday Experience. And so it was like, okay, well now there's no music. So I hope that all the things that we've been teaching actually work because usually it's like, what's going to get you from this show to the next show? But now it's like, what's going to get you from now until who knows when. And so we were so grateful. And I think because we had the podcast, we were able to reflect on it more that the things that we were talking about were actually working. And we were feeling like, of course we were feeling sad and um, worried about the state of the world and all that. But also we had this like, live music in us and all of the things that we did to make a live music experience really intentional and powerful and therapeutic and all of the things. So we were really able to bring that with us through the pandemic and share what we had learned with everybody else. And I don't know that I would have like took the time to really like put that into practice and reflect on it so much if we didn't have this podcast together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say that was definitely true for me too. Also for me, like Tara Lee's been working with live music fans for a long time and and doing this work. And for me, like I just graduated with my PhD, I think it was 2018. And and I actually work in a pain clinic, an integrated pain clinic as my day job. Um, so having the opportunity, and luckily I actually had some time off from that in early in the pandemic, which is what allowed me the time to get this podcast up and going But being able to talk about this on a regular basis has been so affirming to me and like has just actually helped with my confidence and that like this is something that I'm supposed to be doing and that, you know, and just showing me how much I love it. So it's helped I like I've grown so much in a professional capacity because of this podcast and I so appreciate that Um, and I'm just like super excited about where. Where it's going to go from here?
0: Yeah, it's. In, I I feel like I don't really reflect on live music as it affects me. I just it take in the experience and then enjoy it, and then like go home feeling like I just had fun. But I mm-hmm. I don't think I've like reflected on it in a way that actually forces me to. I don't know what what's like the what's the ideal outcome? Is it that you you can kind of go into the experiences with more refined intentions or like, if I, if I don't really think about it, I just go to shows because I know I like it and have fun. What, what, what could I do that would make the experiences more like more enjoyable or more fulfilling? Like what, what is, what does that process look like?
1: Great question RJ. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, Well, I would say, you know, anybody who is doing exactly what you just described is still receiving benefit You know, whether you're kind of conscious of it or not, it's still definitely affecting your life. Um, What the feedback that I have gotten from people like that I interviewed for my dissertation and other people that we've interviewed in the podcast that have kind of like reflected and maybe put some different perspective to their experiences that when they go back and, and I don't actually know if they do this in an intentional way or not. But as they're in the experience, like what we've talked about kind of comes back to them. And it actually help it helps to deepen that experience. Um, so Terry Lee and I talk a lot about how you can be more present in your live music experience because, you know, the live music experience, whether a person is, you know, drinking or using other drugs or just like in the intensity of the experience, it's very like kind of outer, you know, it like lifts us up. It, it It's not a very grounding <laughs> experience experience or like, like I'm out in the universe, you know? And so, um, there are some techniques that people can do to just kind of ground themselves a little bit more so that they can be a little bit more in their body to just notice the emotions that are flowing through them in the moment. And that's just, can be just as simple as like taking a couple of deep breaths or like placing your hand on your heart or just taking a moment to like, really look around and notice your surroundings. And also, you know, from a mental and emotional health perspective, like taking in those positive experiences is so beneficial because we're just hardwired to, we have this negativity bias where we're like always looking at the negative or thinking about the negative and it's for our own survival, but it doesn't help with our health and well-being. So we just, we need to put a little bit more emphasis and a little bit take a little bit more time to really like lock in those positive experiences. And then in the, like on the flip side, after the experience to be able to put on that show and listen, re listen to it again. And like to have all of those feelings and emotions come back up. That's also medicine that you can experience from that live music show that you were at.
4: Yeah. There's one exercise I like to do when I'm at a show and I'm just like, you know, having one of those peak experiences is that I, this is my spot, but everyone has a different spot. And I kind of just like take it and squeeze it and take a deep breath. And I put the feeling in there. So then when I'm at home, and I'm having a bad day, or I just need to access a little bit of the feelings that I was feeling at the show, I go to that spot, and I can feel all my show feels. And I will just take them out like, what am I smelling right now? Like I kind of try to activate all my senses so I can bring myself back to that. And it, it really works. It's, it's pretty incredible.
3: I feel like my experience totally changed after the pandemic. Like my first show back, I was so present and so conscious the whole time. I remember it was J-Rad at the Westville Bull in New Haven. And it was that, that like miserably rainy Memorial Day weekend. And it was like freezing cold. Were you there, Charlie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was so cold and rainy all weekend. But I remember we when we like kind of ran into the theater and they just kind of let you – wherever you wanted. They didn't really seem to care. It was awesome. Just like ran in and we were just laughing so hard, my friends and I, and just like holding each other's hands so tight. And I feel like I can remember every single minute of that show because I was just so aware that I had missed it for so long. And I think that that has been like the real gift for me of the pandemic. Like I will never take another show for granted. Like you were saying, Brian, and I feel like so many times I'm just stopping and like appreciating that we're getting this. Yeah.
2: It's interesting. I had a similar experience, but like slightly in reverse. I, I, my, my first fish show back was at Dick's Friday night. And I think I was just so overwhelmed by the entirety of it. I'd been to a show post pandemic, or I guess mid pandemic, however we want to call it summer 2021. And then I went to fish and it was just, it's fish. It's on another level for me. And I was having like the the first set. I wasn't necessarily enjoying it. I was kind of just like there. I felt like I was going through the motions because there was so much happening. There were so many people. And I kind of had to stop myself midway through the first set and be like, just look around, just like hear the chatter around you, smell what a fish show smells like, hear the band like literally live right in front of you as like the sound bounces around the venue, like feel the vibrations of it. And once I was able to like take a deep breath and kind of soak it all in, the rest of the weekend then became what you're describing there, Meg. Where like I can remember moment by moment, but it was this—I don't know if it was like a—it's like a sensation overload, which I think happens like you were talking about leah you're you're not really grounded at a live show, but then you mm-hmm. add that with like your first show seeing your favorite band in eighteen months, and it adds that much more to it.
3: Mm-hmm. your anticipation was probably so strong too. you'd been like talking about fish tour all summer like that's that's a lot you were really- it, it, it
2: was like seven hundred and thirty three days of anticipation
3: just yeah. give
2: or take a day or two.
3: who's counting
0: can i ask another question just a separate question because i feel like when i'm especially if i'm high at a show which happens most times i go to shows i end up like using the the minutes of like improv from whatever band to like kind of work through things in my head not 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 even voluntarily it just sort of happens and i feel like i solve a lot of problems like not intentionally but just sort of like I guess it's sort of related to either like some kind of flow thing or just getting like lost in the music, but still like really cognitively aware. I'm just curious if you guys have like discussed that or heard of that. Cause it, it seems like it's sort of the opposite of being present, but, but mm-hmm. in, but in a way it is a different form of that. I'm just curious if that's something you all relate to or have talked about.
4: Yeah. Um, actually, in the Reed Mathis episode, we talked a lot about that. And he was saying how like if you can feel safe, like you trust the musicians to take you to that that special place. And you also know that there's like a hook that's going to come back, that's going to bring you back. Like the, the chorus, it's going to like come and bring you back. So you feel safe to go to this place. You trust the people that you're around and you're like set and setting and all of that, that you're then – able to go easily go to that place where where you're at in that flow state where all the ideas come, you're working through stuff, you're healing trauma, like all, whatever is happening for you. And that, it's it takes a very like specific equation for that to be able to happen. And I think it happens for a lot of people at FISH because we really trust those four dudes to take us on a journey.
3: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah I would definitely say that. And that was something that um, people in my dissertation research also said that they would work things out like that. And, you know, that's the power of live music is that it, it is such a full body experience. It's not just engaging like our auditory senses, you know, it's engaging our somatic sense because we're actually feeling the music. We're seeing it visually. We're, you know, listening to the lyrics or being taken by the the conversation of the music, you know, even if there's not lyrics that's happening. Um, And also, I do believe it puts us into a hypnotic state. Um, You know, there's different brainwaves that happen in different circumstances. And I haven't been able to find research that's, you know, hooked anybody up at a show and seen what kind of brainwaves they're in. But I, my sense is that we are in this like hypnotic state when that's happening, which, you know, takes us away from like a rational kind of, thinking mind and puts us into another's place. I, I have like a question about forward. that.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, Brian. I was just going to say a question, kind of a comment that it's so interesting to me because my friend and I talk about this a lot, that at shows, people who aren't dancers, like don't consider themselves dancers, like are not like terribly like someone who trained their whole life or I grew up dancing too. But I see like a lot of like really big guys who probably never move their body like that anywhere else. And they get to like have these big body movements. And that's such something that I feel like our society just doesn't have enough of anymore, that I think is like Mm -hmm. really primal and really important to our health. And I think that that's also, to me, I've always had this feeling that that's a big part of why so many people kind of crave this and need this in their lives, because they don't get a chance to like, be physical in a large way, you know, to jump To move, like as adults, I'm a teacher and I teach third grade. And so I see kids and how much they move and how much they need it. And adults, we don't. And it's just, it's so important for us. So I think that that's really interesting and it makes a lot of sense.
2: That's really interesting. I I took a friend to his first fish show over the summer and um, I go to a lot of concerts with him. And he does not move at any concerts. He has a great time. We like talk about the music afterwards. And it was almost... Like he couldn't control himself at a fish show. It was just, I, I don't know if it was like just the crowd and the way that the crowd was moving or the way that the music sounds, but he was just like in that element. And um, what, what you're talking about, uh, Leah, the the idea of like hooking up, getting brainwaves from people who are at live shows. I feel like we as, as at Osiris Media are in the perfect position to test this out and we should really look into an yes. opportunity of experimenting on right. listeners or on ourselves at the next fish show. I would like We to need some research funding out. to get this. Yes. To, I would like <laughs>
1: yeah. To. Yeah. if anybody really to write a grant for this. Uh, <laughs> yes, that would be so awesome. <laughs> <We need
2: to. sighs> One question I have, you brought something really interesting up, RJ. Um and, and Leah, you were talking about it as well. Like, cause I, I struggle with this from time to time at shows where this idea of needing to feel present versus like my brain just kind of goes to this mm-hmm. place where I'm kind of working through things. And sometimes I've stumbled across some sort of a solution. Sometimes like I'm still working through it at the next show where I'm still working through it, going out, you know, leaving the show. But like in those moments where you kind of go into your subconscious almost, do you like, I don't even know if this is possible, but do you have exercises in terms of how to, like, retain that when you're not in a live music, you know, environment where you kind of through the music through the hypnosis of being in a concert, you're kind of working through stuff in your own head, you leave, and then it doesn't, it suddenly doesn't seem realistic that you worked through that in your Mm -hmm. own brain, because you're in a different mental state at that point. Is there a way to like, work through that outside of the live music setting?
1: Um well, I'm Tar may be able to also contribute to this uh but i the first thing that comes to my mind is just journaling um I do a lot of guided imagery with people, and it's it's kind of that same state where it's like it can feel like a dream as time goes on because you're so connected to actually like your higher self, and I always encourage people to journal right after that experience because it's so easy to forget where you were. Um, and at least if you're able to write it down on paper, you can kind of remind yourself of the insights that came up or connections that were made that you can then either take into meditation or take into the next live show or, you know, wherever else you can work on it again. But that would be my, my suggestion is to do some journaling. Carly, do you have any, any other thoughts on that?
4: Definitely journaling. And then, um, like we were talking about using imagery, some guided meditations can bring you into that place, kind of anything that's like hypnotic and meditative. So meditating, yoga, dancing, putting on the show that you were at when this happened and having a raging dance party. Maybe it's not the whole show because you don't have like two and a half hours to get down, but maybe it's just one of the songs or 10 minutes. And a lot of times like those things will all come flooding back and then you can take advantage of it then. So it's like bringing the stuff that makes you feel the way that you felt like it's not going to be exactly the same, but other, there's other activities you can do that will bring you to that same kind of level. And then you might be able to experience it there.
2: Love it. That's awesome. Thank you. Should we transition to our own experiences that we have had at significant live shows? You want to do that? Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> who Who among us uh, wants to go first? So, for the listeners out there, we um, we all compiled. Uh, past experiences that myself, RJ, and Megan all had at fish shows specifically where we had just monumental personal and emotional experiences. And we sent them to Leah and Tara Lee. And we're going to talk through kind of what those experiences are. And as you can tell through this larger conversation that we've had, I think that there's a lot of insights that um, Leah and Tara Lee are going to be able to share with us about what those experiences meant and perhaps what we can do with those types of experiences going forward because there's there's always something to seeing a show and there's always something to that constant experience. But some of those they sometimes mean more and they mean more for a variety of reasons. Um, RJ, Megan, either of you guys want to go first?
3: Do you want me to go first RJ?
0: Megan, you should go first.
3: <laughs> you,
2: should go first. You, wrote, you wrote a okay. really awesome story.
3: I did. <laughs> oh no. Okay. I'm a little nervous. I don't think I've ever talked about this publicly before um, because I, you know, have so many public platforms that I speak on, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I went to the vault for this one. So I went really far back. This is from when I was 19 and I um, I I think you just have to start by saying I was really in love. Um it was the first time I was ever in love and I met my boyfriend at the time when I went to college and we met the first week of college and moved in next week. So we were just completely smitten with each other and that next summer uh we decided to go to Europe to follow fish. And so we did the fish tour in 1996 and we'd been traveling for about a week and a half. We'd been to London and to Amsterdam and I had never, I had been to, I grew up in Michigan and I had only been to Cancun. I'd never been out of the country. So it was a really wild adventure for me and I felt really um, excited and just thrilled to be traveling with this person I loved and seeing so many new things and we ended up probably about yeah 10 days or so after we've been traveling in this really small town outside of Milan called Sesto Calende. And it was this little riverside town and fish was playing there. And um, we ended up Just hanging out all day with all the other kind of kids on tour. We were buying wine from the old ladies. They were like pinching our cheeks and we were hanging out all day. And we set up our tents next to the venue and slept. We were going to sleep in the playground next to the venue. It was very much that kind of a tour. Like you just slept in like soccer fields and parking lots and anywhere you could. And the band came to load in and ended up just hanging out with us all afternoon. And so I think, um, definitely where you were talking about, Terry about building trust, like, you know, we just spent all day with them, um, hanging out, playing dead songs with Mike on these little like benches that were near, um, on the river bank there next to the venue. And Fisherman was like playing chess and Trey was like getting his back adjusted. And Mike was like swinging on the swings with, with girls. It was a really kind of magical day. And, um, that night when we were going to the show, I was just kind of feeling really grateful for this time. Um, the kind of backstory is that throughout this school year, my boyfriend at the time had developed a really strong and kind of ever growing heroin addiction. And it was getting really, really scary for me. And, um, pretty traumatic, honestly, but I hadn't told many people, like our friends at school knew, but my family didn't know. And I wasn't telling a lot of my friends from home. And so I was kind of like keeping a lot of that inside. And, you know, we were both very concerned about what was going to happen when we went on tour, like how he was going to have access to this, because at this point it was kind of keeping him, um, health, like not healthy, but, you know, he had to have it or he was sick. Um, so he ended up somehow getting a large amount of methadone and was using that while we were away. Um, and for me, I felt like he was finally going to be clean after this, um, situation clean from heroin at least. And for what I knew he hadn't used yet while we'd been away. And so we had, I thought kind of put that behind us. And as we went into that show that night, everybody there, it was just This really strong feeling of family and everybody had kind of been on tour with each other for a little while and had kind of known each other and we all had been taking care of each other and helping each other kind of like get food and get tickets and it just, it was really kind of came together at that show specifically and felt like a really magical night there was probably only a few hundred of us in the venue. Um, a fair amount of Italian men clapping along and like jumping up and down and yelling Viva La Fish. Uh, They were really into it, which was really (laughs) awesome. And the whole show was just, it's not like a particularly amazing show, but for me it was. And when they started to play Harry Hood towards the end of the first set, because I had been seeing fish, I saw fish a lot in fall of 95 and in really big venues, you know, like they were playing big venues in, in the States at that point and to see them, you know, a few feet away from me playing with just a small amount of instruments and playing such a big piece of music that we're used to seeing, like just on such an enormous scale being played so intimately. It just felt like, I felt like I was in like their living room and they were just playing to us. And I remember we were standing there and the music was just kind of like raining on us in that really quiet part of Harry Hood. And, and I remember just feeling like he was going to be okay and everything was going to work out for us. And I think he felt that too. And, you know, they've seen that line, you can feel good. And as they kept saying that, I just, I really believed it. And I think he did too. And we were just standing there like crying and hugging and I just felt like it was a moment I'll never forget and afterwards we ran out and during breaking got to swim with the band in the river and that was amazing and it was just one of those incredible nights and uh, a real moment when the band I felt gave us um, something to feel good about.
1: That's such a great experience about how live music can be so much more than just the music. (laughs) Like so (laughs) much of that was about so much more than just the music. And I love that. And Megan, as I was reading your your story, like I had I you had mentioned Harry Hood, but I hadn't gotten to the words. And I I just heard that in my head. It was like I heard the way you can feel good. You can feel good. And I got goosebumps when I heard that. So I loved that too um, I think this has a lot to do with what Tara Lee was saying that we were talking about with Reed Mathis and like really the, the sense of trust and safety that was created Mm -hmm. by that experience. And even as you mentioned, you know, traveling with other fans and how you guys were all looking out for each other, like there's that sense of community and trust and having that experience that day with the band. It's like, you guys are like all friends, you know, you're all mm-hmm. in this thing together and it's so intimate. And when I first read your description, I was like, oh, this is such a powerful emotional experience because, you know, here you are in in Europe with your love and, you know, it's like activating all these powerful emotions and And it's even enhanced by the safety and the the trust that's being built with the band. And then, you know, this is what's so cool about live music is that, like, you can have all of that happening at the same time. And then you have these words that come in Mm. that, like, just intensify the impact of it because it's like you know you're feeling that beautiful those beautiful sounds and then it's like you can feel good you can feel good and it's like yes 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 and there's that sense of hope that like everything is going to be okay Mm -hmm. and it just like I can just totally feel it with you all of that that's happening and I bet you will never ever forget that experience
3: (laughs) yeah I don't think so thank you
4: yeah. Thank you for bringing us into that experience with you. I like felt like I was there with you jumping into the river with all the people, <laughs> and being like, viva la fish <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with, the, with the guys. But it also like something that we talked about in the podcast before that Leah has taught me about was the self-other merging, that when you're moving together with mm. people in music, you don't know where you begin and they end. And that's why mm-hmm. you feel like you're all in this together. And it feels like in that experience, you are all so experiencing that. And then when – which is like something that's so great about the fish community is it's like when we're all together, like everything is okay. And it seems like that was what really happened. It's like we are all together and we're all going to be okay. We could feel good. We're going to be okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. It's so funny because as you're saying this, it's just making me realize that I think that throughout that year, I had felt really unsafe and not okay a lot. Mm-hmm. And in my own home, you know, in a place where I was supposed to feel safe, like in my bedroom, you know? And I think that that's why it also really probably felt so impactful.
4: Yeah. They gave you a taste of it because you, if you could mm-hmm. feel it at a show, the way that you feel at a show, you can feel any, all the time. You're not different. Mm -hmm. You're the same person when you're at a show than when you're at home. So you Mm -hmm. can feel like that's, it like gives you a taste of what like life can be like.
1: And it's like that regenerative experience. So, you know, in therapy, we go to therapy because we want to have a different experience. Like Mm -hmm. the goal of talk therapy is being able to understand our experiences, but honestly, it's like the relationship that we have with that other person across from us and the ability to feel safe with another person or to feel heard or to feel cared for. Right. And I truly believe that we can all get that from live music and we have gotten that from live music. So for you, it was like this opportunity to feel safe and to feel connected and to feel all of those renewing emotions that. Every time we have one of those emotions there's a chemical reaction that's happening in our body like endorphins are being released, released dopamine's being released serotonin's being released like all of these happy chemicals are coming in that are impacting our health and we all need that. It's so important because there's so many other experiences in life that are not that.
2: Yeah.
3: Thank you all for listening. Really meant a lot to me.
1: Sharing.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Thanks for bringing us in there with you.
2: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That was, uh, that was really powerful. RJ, do you want to share your story?
0: Sure. Yeah. Mine also is related to Harry hood. So that's good. Um, maybe that's how this is all going. Um, I I think i mentioned, I, I think I've told Brian this before and maybe a couple other people, but, um, yeah, so my dad, my dad passed away kind of suddenly in December of 2014. And, that the next month um january we went to to fish in miami and we went to the first second and third i think um and we my wife and i went with our we took our one year old and got a babysitter and went to the shows and like like all of us I love hearing harry hood and it was like clear that they were going to play it on the last night cuz they hadn't played it yet and when i when i heard the beginning of it we went and found my friend um scott who was over on the mic side and he he and I always try to find each other during that song, and um, so in the in the jam section, I'm not like a real like cosmic spiritual person, but in, during the jam in hood, there was like a light that was coming, you know, one of the hundreds of lights that was like kind of on Mike's side, but was sort of pointing at us, and I was at for like two minutes, I was sort of lost in that particular light and could like feel this spirit of my dad like basically telling me the same thing like that it's it, everything's going to be okay and i think it's you know it was like a, a long month of dealing with all that aftermath of, of someone passing away but it was nothing like that's ever happened to me at a show before and it seems like it was it was pretty intense but um it was it was pretty awesome like i definitely won't won't forget it and whenever i listen to that particular version of, of harry hood i obviously think of that moment but um it was it was it was a pretty wild experience. Um, so wanted to share that.
1: Yeah, thanks, RJ. It definitely sounds like you had a transcendent experience, and that that is one of the themes that I found in my research. In addition to live music being a full bodied experience, and that it connects us more deeper to ourselves and others that it can be transcendent and oftentimes you know whether people are spiritual or religious like whether they there's been research that's been done on live music fans um, that have found spirituality in live music that have like kind of gotten away from their religious upbringing they just didn't really connect to it anymore and they didn't want to be a part of it anymore but then they you know the research that was done was on Jerry Joseph and the and the Jack Mormons but I think it could be said for any fan of a band that really finds that experience in there and they um they were able to connect with that sense and you know it sounds like that's what happened for you and I know f- even for me my first live experience I had seen bands before but my first real sp- what I now consider a spiritual experience with, I didn't before until somebody reflected that back to me, it was actually with Rusted Root. And I just like my whole body was just taken by the percussiveness of the music. And it was just, it took me to a different time and place that was outside of myself. And I think that that's available a lot of times in live music. And I love that we can connect to that when we need it. And it sounds like it was a time that, that you really needed to feel that sense of your dad, and you were able to find that at the show.
0: Yeah, thank you, thank you. That's yeah. good, great context. Yeah,
4: and I like I find at live music. I I actually it talked about a time where I like connected with my interdimensional team and I put it in the group fish text and asked like, Hey, is anybody else like feel like fish opened a portal this one night and everybody like not everybody, but a ton of people had their own stories of how like, Oh my gosh, I connected with this person who passed away or, Oh, I connected with this like team of angels that are helping me or whatever it was. So I think there is something that happens at live music. Again, it's that, that feeling safe to be able to do this because We can connect with people and entities from the other side all of the time. But we've also been told that that's weird and like shut it down and be quiet. But I think at a show, you feel so safe and so open and so okay to express who you are and open to all the things that are happening. It's like it's easier for for you to experience it there. And that was like 100% your dad like being like, yes, you will be okay.
1: It's pretty wild. Really wild. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, when we're just like trying to get through the day or trying to get through life. And I think a lot of people can relate to this, especially right now, because life has just felt overwhelming for a lot. And, you know, it's like when we're in survival mode, it's, it's difficult to open up to the possibility that like, there's that message that's coming, you know, from some, from the other side or from somebody else. But when we are at a show, we're in that relaxed state. We're not really worried about all the things. We're not rushing around doing anything else. We're actually like in this prime place to be able to receive that. Yeah,
2: that's it. And it's, it's interesting. You talk about like the portal nature of it. Cause you know, Trey's always talked about just feeling like a conduit himself mm-hmm. to something higher, some higher force. And, um, I think that a lot of us can relate to that idea of like something happened at this show I can't totally explain it and I don't know you know coming out of it like you said Terry, like you're kind of told to shut that stuff down and to not really like look too deeply into it but like how can you not when you when you know what you felt and you know what you experienced Um, it's interesting like this exercise I don't know if we all did this consciously but like what I'm going to share as well, like we all kind of went through something really challenging that then the music and the experience really like opened our eyes up to kind of the other side and and something that's really good and something that was potential, like out of it rather than like whatever it was that we were experiencing at the time. I... Um, So I'll talk about my show, which was uh, December 30th, 2016, which is one of the best fish shows I've ever seen on just like a pure musical standpoint. And I was at the time, my, my about four months earlier, my wife had been diagnosed with breast cancer and um, we had a one-year-old and our life was just like kind of thrown up in the air. And it was just like, every day we we knew from the start that she had a really, she had a really good chance at like a positive outcome coming out of it. But you talk about like life being overwhelming and it was just like every day, uh, just kind of getting through, but also trying to raise a small baby, which small babies are just insane in the best of times. And then trying to deal with like a medical emergency on a day-to-day basis and everything that you were going through on a personal standpoint, for me being thrust into the role of a caregiver was like at, at one end, the most rewarding and just like It felt like a calling in a lot of cases, like what I should have done all along. But at the same time, like it really removes you from the ability to think about yourself and think about your own personal needs. And by about November of 2016, um, I had just gotten to a point where like, I didn't even think about my own health and well-being every day was just like, how do I get through this for someone else? And around that time, my parents approached me and were like, we're going to come out we want to send you to these shows as a break, just give you a couple of days off. And so I got on the bus, made sure that everything was in order at home and forgot about home for 72 hours, not really forgetting, but, you know, trying to put myself in like the present moment. And I go to the show on the 29th, great time, got to see some friends. Like at the time it was like this thing that I really needed. But the next day I get up And for me, like a really good day is defined by taking a run and eating good food. And if I can do those two things, I don't care whatever else happens in the day, I feel pretty good. So I took a run, went down to Chinatown, had like one of the best meals of my life, ended up at the show and I had great seats right next to Mike, uh, like just off the stage um, my brother-in-law was sitting next to me. My brother and his friend bought tickets five minutes before showtime and they were in the section right over. Another friend was like three rows in front of us, just like this confluence of all these good people in my life were right there. And then Fish comes out and plays this incredible show. The first set is just like super high energy and fun. At set break, um, my brother-in-law's friend elevated my experience a little bit. I'll, just put that out there and i felt very very good and very uh connected to something higher going into the second set and they come out and they play this set that on a on paper is i i couldn't have drafted a better set you know tweezer a sparks bust out ghost light party time um waiting in the velvet sea rocky top to end it out but at some point in the ghost i just kind of like went to a different place and i was in this moment where this, this idea that Trey talks about, about just being a conduit to others emotions and a conduit to like the experience, he's no longer the musician guiding things. He's just kind of receiving um, inspiration and he's channeling that out to the rest of the, uh, to the, to, to the audience. They start playing this riff that to me has always sounded like it was based off of the grateful dead song, the wheel and just kind of building that and building that. And it was this moment of, kind of like you, you, you both were talking about RJ and Megan, where I felt like everything's going to be okay. Like no matter what else I have to go through, um, everything will end up being okay. Everything like you can get through anything that's in front of you and kind of going back to this moment is, is almost like the key. And And I think one of the themes we've talked about is like, how do we use these moments that we have at a show to kind of, guide us through other aspects of life, the more like mundane challenging aspects of life that we go through. And for me, like going back to this specific segment, I, I get channeled back to that moment where I feel like completely at peace, where I feel completely uh, in control, even though I was kind of like strangely releasing myself to be completely out of control. I don't know. It was, it was very impactful and and has stuck with me ever since.
4: Yeah. So ways that you can bring those things like feelings into your kind of everyday is I always ask people like, what, like what's a, a word to describe the feeling? Like when you said it was peace, is that like the biggest feeling that you felt at that moment was peace or would you have a different word?
2: I think peace is a good word. Um, yeah. Like I felt almost an acceptance of what was happening in my life, which I had gotten to a point where I was kind of starting to battle like this shouldn't be where I'm at in my life. I shouldn't be having to deal with something like this. But I almost accepted that I was while also seeing for the first time in a long time that there were positive things that I could still experience. Cause I got myself into such a place where I was like, I'll never experience any sort of like outward joy like this again.
4: Yeah. The outward joy and peace. So I always, so I would ask you to then see how you can bring outward joy and peace into your daily life when you're doing your daily tasks. So if you're like caring for your wife, like how can you bring that into that moment? Or if you're taking a shower or if you're making dinner, how can you bring those feelings into that? And it's obviously not going to be at the level of a show because those are the peak experiences. But even if you could feel that way a little bit, it'll help you to feel that, bring that show magic into your everyday and all the things that you do.
2: Hmm. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's almost like accepting the patience that it takes to play and also to receive that music into the, the normalcy and and just like the day to day of your life. I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And Brian, as I was reading and listening to your experience, it reminded me of some research that's been done on live music that I refer back to a lot. Um, And what it found was that people were able to find a sense of harmony through their live music experience. So they use the word harmony, but to me, like harmony means whatever that emotion is where everything feels just right, right? So whether it's peace, whether it's joy, whether it's love, whether whatever it might be, like in that moment, everything is right in the world. And that is what was so impactful for a lot of people in this research study was that live music showed them that they could experience that sense of harmony. And then the cool thing was, is that they then knew like where to find it again, how to get back to it. And, you know, they didn't talk about it in the way that Tara was like, how can you then take that and be able to bring it into your everyday life? It was more like, I know I can experience the sense of harmony at live music. And I know I can get back there, so I'm going to keep going, you know, every other week or every month or every week, every day, night, What, however, you know, often you need to remind yourself of that. But it does, like, for a lot of people, and this was true when I was talking to people about their first, you know, live music experiences, it's like, it was just like, wow, this is possible. I can feel this way. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And, you know, I think that's why we keep going back and going back and going back, because we need that reminder. Like right now in life, if we were to look around, we don't see that sense of peace and harmony. It's like we see so many other things that are totally opposite of that. And yet we have all had this experience that says, yes, that is absolutely possible. And, you know, that's why I love Tara Lee's work and I... I love to also help people like, how can you integrate that into your everyday life? Because if you can experience it at a show, you can experience it in other ways too. Um, But we also all know that we still need that show because that's just like the most mag, what's the word I'm looking for? Like magnetized, like the strongest way to really be able to come back to that sense that everything is okay.
2: Yeah. It's, it, it's kind of a ceremony, you know, yeah. it's like, like it's you church. think about like past society. Yeah. It's like, you think about like past societies that had like a routine where they were coming together to celebrate something bigger. Like you still need that to almost like fill your cup. Yeah. Yes.
4: Cause when you do this stuff at home, it helps your cup not empty so fast, but <laughs> yeah. it's still going <laughs> to slowly empty. <laughs> so yeah. we, we need to fill up that cup.
1: Yes. I love that idea yeah. of
3: as medicine because I was I always joked with my friend like over when the pandemic was really bad and we were all quarantined. I would listen to that twelve thirty nineteen tweezer, like so often when I would be like outside on like a run or a walk. I would listen to like when I would run, I would listen to like the more into tweezer. And it was just like that was my last fish show and that was like my medicine that would make me feel like I'm gonna be okay. Cause I could like bring myself back to the floor at MSG and like feel the blue lights and know that like I was going to be okay again. So yeah, it was yeah. like medicine. Totally.
2: Yeah. Medicine. It's the way it is. Yeah. yeah. This That's has the been, whole purpose awesome. of our
4: podcast because we're like <laughs> all the time and money and like everything you've ever had to do to experience a live music show. Like you're spending lots of money figuring out hotel reservations, flying places. Like it's all worth it. Cause it's an investment in your overall well being and your health.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always been uh, a big advocate of the idea that you know the journey is the destination. That like you're not really mm-hmm. ever going anywhere. You're just trying to continue these experiences, and like the experience that you have is the goal. And and at the end of the day, whenever your time is up, like what you did is is what the goal. Like that that was what the goal was of your life. That's that's at least my perspective. And you know I'll have either friends who don't get fish or, you know, you know, people in my life who are like, man, how much time and money are you putting into this? It's like, well, the, the time and money is like there it's, it's an essential part of the process to get out what you're looking to get from it. And, and it's whatever else it does to fulfill your life and, and give your life meaning and give your life color. That's really the important thing. Cause we're all going to go through what we've all described here, but mm-hmm. having live music as something to, both complement that, provide depth to that, but also um I think provide like these further questions of like what did that experience I went through mean? I don't know. That that's all a part of this as well.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: This was awesome. Thank I you. I loved this. Yeah, thank you both. <laughs> really I think we fun. have to we have to do this again, number mm-hmm. 1. Yeah. But I I I just got this ideas um as as we were talking, kind of wrapping up our all of our conversations, was we should do a live episode where we go live right after a show,
3: <gasps>
2: and yes. we all talk about what that was. You know what I mean? Like
3: mm-hmm. that would be awesome.
2: Cause because it'd be cool to hear like every single person talking about either someone had a really impactful experience, and maybe that's something that we unpack or someone just kind of like went through a ton of processes and they don't know <laughs> or, <how> they, or, <laughs> or you just
3: danced your ass off
1: <laughs> <laughs> or you just
2: danced yeah you just like were there you were in the moment like yeah you know, i don't know i feel like i'm a huge a proponent
1: of that, that megan i, I yes, have have dancing just love the dancing bar i love that yeah, <laughs> yeah no
2: um i don't know that could be cool maybe we maybe we look at this when uh Whenever Fish decides to release summer twenty two uh, tour dates, we'll 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 start to circle some shows here. That would be incredible. But um, oh, I love that idea, Lee and Leah. This was awesome for us to have you both on. I think we should definitely do this again. Um, we can find you both. I will. I will leave it to both of you. Tell us where we can find you. When when Groove Therapy episodes come out. Anything that's coming up here in the future. Give us the whole lowdown of uh, promotion. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, you can find us on Instagram at group therapy podcast. We also have a Facebook group uh, the group therapy podcast community on Facebook where, so at the end of every episode, I, we have our interview, but then I always highlight um, just it's called the did you know section where I might bring in some research or just like something that can add value to what was brought up in the interview and then Tara Lee has her Daily Jam, where she will help listeners uh, really bring that magic out into their everyday life. And so we post the kind of the Daily Jam in that um, Facebook group so that we can talk about, like, what are you doing? How is this adding value to your life and things like that? So definitely join those. Um, who do we have coming up, Tara Lee? What, we have the Mockingbird Foundation oh. coming up. We have, we just interviewed um, Jim Cotta, who was a a really cool band um, from New York, and they took like a four-year hiatus, and we got to interview them about their coming back. They're doing some shows actually this week, um, starting in Colorado tonight. They're playing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then they're heading to California So, um, anybody can go check them out. They were really fun to talk to. And it sounds like they put on a really great show. They have a great fan base. Um, yeah, we're going to have Steve Adams from ALO and his mom on, which I'm super excited. I'm a huge ALO fan and, uh, Torday Amor is coming up in a couple weeks and, Steve's mom, Cindy, is like always rocking out in the front row with us, so (laughs) I'm going to have them both on. (laughs) She's also a social worker, too, so um, I know she's going to bring some of that perspective. Uh, We're going to have Paul Hoffman from Green Sky coming up, and we release every other week, so we just had an episode come out this past Friday, so our next release is going to be, I think, February 4th uh, with Mkata.
2: Awesome. Well, we will keep an eye out for that. And um, thank you both so much for taking time out of your day and helping uh, helping us through this. This was, this was a really uh, uh, impactful episode for us to plan and for us to record. Thank you. Thank you both for coming on. And um, thank you to everyone out there for hanging with us as we unpacked these really impactful experiences that we had.
4: Thank you so much for having us and having us here so we can talk about this subject. It really means a lot. Thank you.
1: Yes, absolutely. We're very appreciative and can't wait to do it again. Yeah.
2: We are doing this again. This was awesome. So for everyone out there, uh, we will be back next Wednesday, this show, just so, uh, anyone out there who's, who's listening at home or who's, who caught, who caught this maybe halfway through, we will be releasing this as a podcast, uh, next couple hours. You should see it come up on your feeds, uh, Apple, Spotify. So keep an eye out for that. We'll also have links to, um, group therapy podcasts so that you're able to check them out as well. Uh, next week. At this time and this place, we will be doing a historical deep dive on February 17th, 1997 from Amsterdam, mm-hmm. an amazing show that um, Megan suggested that we cover. I am so excited to dig into this. And also, you know, I don't know if this is a hot take. I feel like this is like the, the show that kicks off 1997. There's a few shows before it, but like this show, this is 1997. <laughs>
3: So I fully excited. agree with that hot take, Brian. I fully agree. That's and you know, 90, 1997 fish is my jam. So I'm that is super pumped. It's my that jam. Is your
2: jam. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Uh, before we go really quick, um, Sunset Lake CBD, we want to remind you all our wonderful sponsors. Uh, they are a farmer owned business, which ships CBD products directly from their farm to your door. Maybe your door. Maybe even your door. Maybe your door, Megan. Who knows? Maybe I my so. door. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Sunset Lake was a Vermont dairy farm producing milk for Ben and Jerry's ice cream. In 2018, they diversified, started growing hemp for CBD. With a product for everyone, they offer pre-rolls, hemp cigars, hemp flowers, as well as tinctures, gummies, and CBD coffee crafted to help with stress, aches, and pains. All things that we were talking about here that we try to solve through live music in many ways. Mm -hmm. CBD does it as well. Sunset Lake saves you money by shipping high quality CBD products directly from their farm to your door. And, um, you know, as we always do, I like to share an experience about Sunset Lake. I will just say, kind of thinking about this conversation that we've had, I loved, loved, loved last year during the pandemic. I would take one of their pre-rolls. I would take my dog for a nice long walk in the late afternoon early evening. It was like a great escape from the house. You're working from home. You're stuck at home. It was amazing to get out and go on long walks with my dog. And I'd put on fish shows that I really loved, like 12, 30, 16, have a little bit of a CBD pre-roll and I would just feel so good afterwards. It was was such a great little break in the day. So I'd encourage all of you out there to visit sunsetlakecbd.com. Use promo code HFpod for 20% off all of your purchases. sunsetlakecbd.com promo code HF pod. And with that, Tara Lee and Leah, I want to thank you both once again for spending your afternoon here with us. This was amazing. Thank you both so much.
3: It's Awesome to talk with you both.
1: Thank you you guys as well. Thanks so much. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. And Megan, always great hanging with you. And um, I will see you here. Same time, same place to talk about Amsterdam 1997. I can't wait. I cannot Mm wait.
3: Thanks, Brian.
2: See y'all.